This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Highway on my podcast with Rocky Mayur and Abhinandan. We're back. We're hungry. And we are thrilled with the response that this podcast Highway on my podcast has got. Thank you guys so much for the mails and the words of encouragement and we are thrilled to know that we are keeping your spirits up and helping you travel this wonderful country during these lockdown days. I am with Rocky and Mayur, the two largest men in the world of food and travel on Indian television. And I'm Abhinandan Sekri. So gentlemen, we are going to Arunachal Pradesh today, the magical kingdom of Arunachal. Abhinandan, we are going to Arunachal Pradesh today. And today we are going to Arunachal So we are looking forward to it. <laughs> so when that, was, that was my... That was my Dara Singh impression, by the way, in case you didn't get it. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I've been watching Ramayan every morning, baby. <laughs> oh, is that right? That's where you're getting this from. No. So I'll tell you where all we'll take you. We'll take you to a magical monastery where we had one of the most magical experiences, followed by a bit of a scare, but another very special experience where we were almost stuck, but army to the rescue. We will talk about a village we stayed in, which is the most ancient village in Arunachal, where we were hosted by the village headman and we saw lots of exotic foods, some of it which we ate. And a village, a town which has nothing, but it was still there. So we shall talk about it. But first, the entry into Arunachal. Sorry, before we get into that, please write to homp2020, that's homp2020 at gmail.com to subscribe to our newsletter which will land in your inbox and it'll have all the details and photographs. You have some visual references of what we speak about and it'll also have lots of anecdotes and hopefully as we grow and take you across the country, we will add to this, become a part of this community. We will tell you more about this as we go on. So first, I just want to, I just want to know how many people do we lose in the first two minutes of your, uh, of your monologue? <laughs> that's like really boring. But it's not boring. Achha, no, but listen, don't listen to him. First of all, you know, there was a movie called The Good, Bad and the Ugly in the old days. It used to be one of Mayur and my favorite movies. We'd stolen a video cassette once from a local lending library and we used to watch it every day for a month. And in that, there's a guy called Eli Valash, who's the ugly, who's sitting and having a bath and this guy walks in and he's got a pistol and he's talking nonsense. And Eli Valash shoots him in the head and he says, when you want to shoot, shoot, don't talk. And that's why I want to say that monologue is unnecessary. All you have to say is, guys... H-O-M-P, HOMP 2020, 2020. So sign up, get on to H-O-M-P 2020 and uh, send us at an email. At and, gmail. Uh, sorry, H-O-M-P 2020 at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll send you back lots of photos and beautiful sites and, and places in this Put it out there, whether it's on audio. Okay, for those of you who are only listening, you are so lucky because Nico just took his t-shirt off. Nico, why do you always do this? Ah! Because it's hot. And if I put on the AC or the fan, the already compromised audio quality will get compromised. Further, I don't want to get into why I do this. But uh, the, we are recording from our respective homes. We are not in the studio. Therefore, in case the audio is not as good as it should be, pardon us. It will get better. Yes. And feel please feel bad for me because the beautiful, ethical, uh, articulate, Aesthetic me is having to sit with one naked man and one guy who's dancing really badly on the screen right now. That is what I have to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) 
but okay let me just kick this off when you get to arunachal it is the most dramatic entry there is a little booth where you have to show your ilp for those of you who are not aware uh, i don't know what the exact rules now for the seven sisters uh, by seven sisters the seven states in the northeast are called the seven sisters and i don't know how many of them you still need the ilp it's an inner line permit which is like a visa you can't just go there uh, and when you stop there you show your ilp then they let you in the road road goes up and then it dips down and you're in arunachal and it is the lushest green mountains and this blue green river that snakes through it it's really like a scene from jurassic park it was stunning the first time i went there it took my breath away yeah it is it is an amazing state it's the largest state in uh, the northeast of india it's the most sparsely populated state in our country and it is a state which has the lowest number of tourists that go to it and and i'm not blaming it only on the tourists i'm just saying there's very few people so it's still relatively unspoiled those forests those roads the water is clean and and it's a wonderful place to visit so when you are done with lockdown we highly recommend that you get there because it's well worth it yes but we also want to point out to you that because it's uh, so remote and it's so difficult to get to and the roads are quite bad as you get to most of the stretches and especially if you go after the rain which is when the season begins which is like october november it is complete shambles there is a reason why so few people go there but i wouldn't have it any other way there's a strong presence of the army because we are near the border with china there is one major road that goes through and when you go out from tezpur just in about maybe 35 30 35 kilometers away from tezpur is when you hit the uh, border checking post check post where you have to get across the border at arunachal pradesh and uh, that point itself is where your inner line permit can be made if the office is open the office is seldom open and the office is rarely open so it's much it's recommended highly that you get your inner line permit in advance before you actually get there and there are travel agents who do that for you but once you get there and you cross the bridge at the end of which is the check post it's like going into another world because then you are in the indian version of the jurassic park How's a T-Rex? Just in case you guys are wondering. What nonsense! That's a vegetarian dinosaur. I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> But before we get to the magical monastery of Tawang, which is stunningly beautiful, and we had a wonderful shoot there, let's first start off with the food. The only authentic food we actually got when we got to Arunachal was in a village called Thembang, which is the oldest and apparently most ancient village in Arunachal. And it doesn't have any hotels or restaurants. It may now, but it didn't when we went there. And also, Rocky. from the time the first time we went to arunachal to the last time we went i think the last time also i went to you only in 2012 or 2013 the when you enter the ilp when we went the first time there was that one booth ilp and there were like two trucks standing ours was only can there was exactly one dhaba slash pan shop slash this thing the last time we went there were about 80 trucks there were about two dozen dhabas and it was a i mean it, it wasn't like the first time so i'm guessing yeah. it isn't like we remember it now it was it was like a small town it's become a small town over there the first time we went it was just the check post and and one or two houses now there's about uh, there must be like 2000 people living there now so it's a big spot but it doesn't matter as soon as you get in and you go past the initial checkpoints and you go past the initial town range sort of a kilometer away from the check post you are in the middle of the most beautiful forest and river so on your right hand side there's the coming i think it's the coming river if i remember properly i'm not i'm not sure and i could be wrong on this one but once you enter in a thick thick forest and you know just how thick is the forest i mean they have discovered new species of animals and reptiles and birds and even a new species of deer very recently in a place called eagles nest 
But we'll talk more about that. First of all, are we, are we going to Thembang first, Nico? What's the plan? Where are we going? We're going to Thembang first. You tell us the person who hosted us, uh, where we had, when we got there, because of its remoteness, they store yak meat, their hooves. We saw every animal part being utilized. You can see those in the photographs if you subscribe to a newsletter. But Mayur went and tried a cheese, which I could smell even before they opened the room where the cheese was kept. <laughs> it is the smelliest thing on earth. The last time I remember smelling something as toxic was after a football game, walking into the dormitory of the hostel. <laughs> yeah. But you, you know what? To get to that, just, just I'm, I'm sure you guys remember it too, but it's important to share. That drive up there. As we went higher and higher and the road got really narrow. And if you remember, we stopped to, to do a piece to camera and we were surrounded by, it was like the cloud forest. That's why they call it the cloud forest. There was all that fog and, and there were ladies behind us. They were working, building the road. Yes. And we were standing there. We took that. It was beautiful. It was chilly. It was like hardly any traffic. I think we saw two cars in the 20 minutes that we were standing there. And it was just clean and beautiful. That's what I remember. Before the madness of that broken road started. Yeah. And, and the thing about Arunachal is you get very suddenly, you go from like almost flat land, which is when you enter Arunachal outside us from the Assam side. You go from flat land to suddenly 2,000, 3,000 meters very, very rapidly up and down. So, you're in a constant daze as to what your height is. But uh, we, we entered along the my major… My feet 11 and a half inches. I'm never in a right. daze about what my height is. <laughs> there you go. The, don't tell lies. I'm 6 foot 2. So, you've got to be like 6 foot 3 because you're a little taller than I am. But so, anyway. to the lady in the green t-shirt. <laughs> That's me. When, when you enter, there's one main road. There's a, like a highway. That's the metal… The metallic hard firm road that goes all the way up to Tawang and beyond. But when we turn off towards Thembang, then you are on a village road. And this village road, I remember, was such a disaster. It took us about three hours to cover the like 35 kilometer or distance that we were there. And partially for the reason that half the road had dropped away and the car couldn't get through. There was a there was a hole in the road that was like a hundred foot drop. And when we when we stopped and asked these people, how do we go there? All they did was they helped us pick up some pieces of wood that they put down over the hole. And then the drivers had to drive the car. One of the wheels was on a broken road and the other one was over a over an abyss going down 100 feet. And it was barely enough range and there was no scope for error. But, you know, hats off to our drivers. They just made it across. And it was just stunning. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, Prashant wasn't there for this schedule because he was back in Delhi managing office show here. I remember we had this young driver... And uh, on the way back, which we'll talk about when, you know, there was skeet, Jobi Ketan, Jab Jam Jati, Baraf, ice, Sadakte, and the car was skidding. How he kept his cool. Remember, rocks? Although once you snapped at him because he was planning to zip his way to Thema. <laughs> but he was thinking that we, we, but he really kept his cool, man. I mean, there were some difficult roads. But we got to the cheese there. Um, tell us about the cheese, and Rocky will tell you about the gentleman who hosted us because there were no hotels in uh, Thembang. No, this is Thembang is a beautiful little village. The one, the time when we went there, there were about 20 houses over there. And it was highlighted by this fort right on top. And what I'm talking about, like a wooden fort. This is like something that you would see in a samurai movie. Beautiful wooden fort, ageless, timeless. I mean, it was... A zong. They call them zongs. A Thembang zong. It's, it's a 12th century village. So, that, that was the... There you go. There was an ancient zong on top of the hill. And the Monpas, which, are the, which is the tribe that sort of owns and lives in that region... They are scattered across Arunachal and across China. And they really don't really believe in the concept of passports and visas. And they move through that forest freely. And they are incredible archers and really, really fit, wiry, strong people. 
So when we went there, we went straight to the headman's home. The headman has a sort of bed and breakfast, if we can call it that. His name was Mr. Jorme, Satyam Jorme, which is, I remember that because his wife was about twice his size. She was about six feet tall and about maybe 100 kilos. And he was about five feet, five inches tall and about 50 kilos. But he was the headman. He was the man. And I remember him sitting there and hacking the yak meat and their homes are on these stilts a little higher with these planks of wood which have gaps in them. So as they hack stuff, whatever little bit of, I don't know, bone or whatever, the tail of the yak comes, they just like throw it right through because it's too cold to keep going out and coming. So those little crevices in their home floor, throw it. But um, Mayur, tell us about the cheese here. Yeah? What was it called? It was called churpi. Ah, churpi. So how is it made and why did you put it in your mouth? <laughs> because that's what you did because it was there and because that was one of the very few vegetarian things although I mean we'll talk about it a little later Arunachal actually has a lot to offer vegetarians but in, in that home they were like so excited because a yak is special meat they butchered that yak and stuff only for some festival we were lucky that we were there because it's not something that they eat every day there uh, but the churpi is uh, made primarily from yak milk and there's actually like normal cheese as you and I know it it can either be hard churpi or it can be soft churpi. They're made slightly differently. The hard one is, is made and then they compress it and then they smoke it. So they put over these drying racks, the smoking racks in their homes, which, which we'll talk about later. And you remember it had this nice golden kind of sheen and then you can just slice it off. You can sprinkle it over your vegetables. But in our case, he melted it, if you remember. And then we just mixed it with rice and we ate it. And like most really smelly things like blue cheese, it smells, once you get past the smell, the flavor was beautiful. Smoky, creamy, fantastic. You can't eat like chunks of it, but just a little bit added to anything. I remember still, it was very, very nice. So, yeah, yeah it was it was brilliant. In fact, the highlight of that cheese, I remember distinctly, is that it smells exactly the same when you're eating it and when it comes out the next morning. <laughs> there is no difference. <laughs> no difference at all in the smell. But, you know, it doesn't taste half bad. They also have a cheese called a frum, if I remember. But you remember that frum, they make out of cow cheese. It's like a non-matured cow cheese, you know, cow milk cheese, which they call frum. And then, of course, they have the churpi and they have the most magnificent kitchens here. I mean, the kitchen is the biggest room in the house, right? Because that's where the fire is now. These places get really cold. You know, these are the cloud forests. So the two things that they are famous for is continuous rain and uh, very, very cold temperatures in the winter. So you have a kitchen which, is, which has a sloping roof. On one end of the kitchen, it's about three feet tall where the fire is. And then it has a sloping roof that goes to about 15 feet on the other side. So it's a steep slope from three feet to 15 feet. And all along that three foot to 15 foot region, there is a wooden rack on the roof. And on that rack are you know, animal body parts and this chutpi cheese blocks that are being smoked. So as the smoke runs off the fire, it runs along the smoke and goes out from the highest point. And before it goes out, it smokes the entire meat uh, and the organs and the skin and the meat and the chunks of bone and the cheeses, of course, that are sitting there, vegetables, everything is smoked and preserved. So it is just the most incredible kitchen because it's smoky and it's dark and it's pungent with the smell of different foods that you're not used to. But most importantly, it is... Uh, you know, it is the biggest room in the house and the hottest because the bedrooms are tiny, just about big enough for the bed that's in there and a little space where you can stand your suitcase. I mean, even to open a suitcase, you'd have to put it on the bed. That's how tiny the bedroom is. I went, slept, woke up, 
I came back and bathed in uh, Tezpur only. I was told. Yeah, yeah, and also I guess it's I mean it's it's when you go for an adventure, guys don't like look to bathe every day and shit, huh? So, <laughs> what nonsense! <laughs> look to bathe every day, you feel great. We went out to the hand pump in the morning. It was nice and hot, steamy water that we had a bath with. But the when the village headman you know made the food, it looks really good, and I'll tell you honestly, I didn't like how it tastes because. They, it doesn't have masalas. I mean, we Punjabis are so used to masalas. So there's this glop and you have the detailed photographs as part of the newsletter. In fact, you'll see the hooves and the tail drying on top. We took pictures of that because while we were sitting and he was cutting the meat and then he said, we don't waste any part in the morning. You'll see photographs. We got photographs of the intestines drying outside and he said, look up. And then we saw there were the hooves upstairs and the tail, which was getting smoked as the food cook. But it's like this. Noodles hoti hai, kya hoti hai? Noodles hi hoti hai, matlab, spaghetti type things. Usme, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black meat, glass, glass noodles, they're called glass noodles. Glass noodles. But it doesn't really taste like anything. It has a very like strong, like gamey, gamey smell. There's more smell than taste, really. Yeah, I mean the fact that you're cooking without any spice at all, or without any um, you know, aromatics, or without any leaves, or pretty much nothing. So what you've got is blocks of is blocks of yak meat, and they call it yaksha. Sha is like meat, S-H-A, you know, that's what they call it. The yaksha, they made something for us called the yaksha kamtang, which is like yak meat and vegetables boiled along with glass noodles. And that, the only flavoring was a little bit of rock salt that they found from somewhere, like pink Himalayan salt. And that was the only thing in there. So it was like a boiled meat and noodle and vegetable broth. And you can imagine what that tastes like. It's nothing. But I mean, it is extremely nourishing because of all the fat in it. And of course, Mayur didn't get that. Mayur, I think you got something else. What were you eating, the vegetarian part? They gave me a kind of a, a soup, which, which had lots of vegetables, a thickened soup. And I actually was, I was digging and I found some of the notes I'd scribbled down uh, somewhere in transfer on. So there's basically buckwheat flour that they use. Here. And then they, and, and, and they make an atta out of it. And then they uh, pull it out into noodles. And then they, they put it in stew and it's called uh, putang thukpa. So they use a lot of words in common with the Tibetans. So it was putang thukpa. So I had those, those buckwheat noodles with that thick soup with, uh, with right. vegetables. But you can also use, they often will use chicken or, or pork or some other uh, meat in there to, to thicken it. But that was not the most exotic thing. Do you remember your blood sausages? Yeah, the juma. Juma. They were called the Juma. That's the blood sausages. That, that we had at breakfast the next morning, right? That, no, 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 no. We had it in the evening. Evening? Just for your information, I had, I always carry these Britannia cakes, which I used to, which never spoil. So you can <laughs> keep them on the glove compartment of the dashboard for like five days and they, I just had that. <laughs> you know, you yes. mentioned those Britannia cakes so many times. We should be writing to them and saying, please sponsor have you on my podcast? Yes, considering I got diabetes exactly two years after we finished all our travel shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't eat those in life. <laughs> they won't do good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, Abhinandan's diet starting early in the morning used to be Britannia cakes and then ending up in the evening with butterscotch ice cream and, and hot, hot and sour soup, none of which have any nutritional value. I mean, hot and sour is the cheapest, most useless soup to drink in the world. Look up the recipe anywhere and you know that it's basically nothing. It is just corn flour and water thrown with everything else. And that's what this boy was eating. So very good lesson. Please eat nutritious food. Otherwise, you'll get diabetes like Abhinandan. <laughs> Avoid doing all those things. But yeah, but the Juma is incredible. So, you know, what they do is when they when they butcher the animal, they, uh, you know, when they make the first cut, all the blood is collected in a big pan. And then into that pan, they add like wheat and a little bit of cinnamon that they find. You know, it's like, it's like a wild cinnamon that grows in really 
uh, rainy areas. It's a, it's the bark. The cinnamon, of course, is the bark. And they mix it with flour and, you know, ginger and garlic and salt. And then they sort of make this thick, this thick sort of tube, you know, they, they put it into the intestine of the animal and they make a sausage with it. So inside is pretty much is blood and the, and the wheat and along with the spices. And when you cure that and you pack it really tightly, it makes a sausage. And it's got, uh, you know, a little bit of the animal parts of the intestine that is in there. And when they slice, when they cook it, they just fry it first. It becomes firm and then they slice it on either side. They cook it uh, with, with the, in churpi. So the taste is pretty indescribable. I mean, if you're not used to that kind of food, even the smell will sort of make you go running from the kitchen. And also the texture, the, the texture is, it's very dry. Like I love sausages and ham and bacon and stuff, but this particular sausage, it doesn't, um, it doesn't have that, not, it's not like sausages are wet, but you know what I mean, right? It feels just very dry in your mouth. It, it yeah, because it's, it's basically wheat and animal fat packed in with blood. So when you eat it, it's got a metallic taste. Basically, the, you know, the taste of blood is, is metallic. That's a very separate taste. So in case you don't know, the, you know, the, your, your tongue is supposedly able to pick up five flavors, which were bitter, sweet, sour, salty, and umami, which is like the fifth flavor. But now there's a sixth, and that is metallic, and that's the taste of blood. So if you've ever got a cut, and suck your finger, you know what that taste is. Or if you've so been this, punched in the nose, and as it starts triggling at the back of your yes. throat, you can you get that that metallic taste. It's the violent man speaks up. <laughs> <laughs> well, but but it is incredible, and you know you, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but you know I quite enjoy a drink in the evenings, and there was a drink that they gave us. Anybody remembers the name of that? It was like they served it along with the with the with animal fat, yeah. It was like butter. What did they, they serve with butter? Do you remember what it was, Mayur? That was chai with butter, but he was also offering, I don't know if you guys, it was uh, some sort of rice beer, fermented rice beer. Uh, what is the name for it? it? It's not the regular chung, but he was serving. No, no, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was called an arak. I remember it was definitely called an arak. It was like a distilled uh, alcohol, which they heated. I think they, they served it to us with yak ghee, if I remember yeah, properly. Yeah, it was with yak ghee. Yak butter, yak ghee, one of the two. Right. Right. Do you remember the name? I, I know it was an arak. Arak, I don't know what they called it, but it was arak with yak ghee. They have a rice beer called Opola Pong, but I don't think that's what they gave us because you're right. This was this was distilled. This was like yeah, most no, no, distilled and it was hot. And after two glasses, the headman, Mr. Satyam, uh, Satyam uh, Jorme was feeling no pain and neither was I. And we enjoyed <laughs> the blood sausage thoroughly. I mean, it was, it was really, really good. <laughs> I tried everything. The next morning, the mornings are great. I mean, I'm a mountain guy and not really a beach guy. I mean, I, I like the beach. If I have friends, but if you gave me a choice between a beach and a mountain, I'd go to the mountain. I know, but you're forgetting the adventure, Nico. Don't you remember what happened after the headman and Rocky and was it the headman's son who was drinking? And then he took off at night. He had to deliver something somewhere and then he a bike. Yes, he drove his car off half yeah. off the edge. And, and, then, and then somebody had you know someone had to go pull him out. Yes, I remember. By the way, you know it was really funny when we were there, and this is uh, we found this consistently in parts of you know the villages in Arunachal and even further up in Nagaland. Our sense of development of what that place needs, you know, you'd say they should have if, you know, they were allowed to spend money on their own, you know, build a dam, build this, build that. They're, they're not starving to death, you know, at least. And because it's a close village community, there is a lot of dependence on each other. So you will not see the kind of starving to death that you see in urban squalors. But the one thing that they said is that the amount of young people who they lose in auto accidents because they go far away to you know, get a movie or for any entertainment. They said if we just had a marriage hall 
or a cinema so that our young people stay here and entertain themselves because if they keep going and they come back at night there are a lot of accidents that happen because they are really treacherous roads so that was one learning that i got of something that we consider frivolous is an important expenditure there so they'd rather have that money spent in building uh, an entertainment you know adda or or a just a tent house or something where they no, can no that's you know in the in the whole world in fact tribals get a bad gig get a bad name from everyone as being people who abuse alcohol now okay tribals drink a lot of alcohol let me put that straight away especially tribes who live in extreme areas so there's very cold where it's very uh, remote where there's nothing there these guys drink alcohol and that's a way of life and you know so did all of us before we became modern and now we sit in our homes and we drink and we pretend that alcohol drinking is something that never happens in india but if you take the numbers you'll be astounded indians are well and alive and drinking a lot of alcohol but the fact of the matter is that earlier they would finish hunting or going out and doing what they had to do then sit down and then you would have the entire tribe gather for the evening where they would have four or five or six or 10 drinks and then go to sleep now they have those four or five or 10 drinks and the tribe is no longer gathering together so they are going somewhere else to gather around with other young people and that is the danger in these hills because come evening people are people have had a few drinks and they are out on the road so if you do make a tribal center or you make a uh, you know you make a sort of cinema hall or entertainment area within the village then the concept is that the youngsters will actually go and hang out over there which i think is a good idea until we put it to the test because the more entertainment is something is very it's very you know it's, it's it's sort of very intangible the more you do it the more you like it but that's the reason why alcohol is drunk and uh, that's the reason why there are so many accidents because youngsters are just drinking and going out and it's so remote and far away that you don't really have too much police or too much checking or anything of that oh sort. yeah there's i mean other than once you get into the ilp after that i don't think i saw uniform until we got back to the ilp i don't remember seeing a single uniform after that but the mornings are beautiful uh, i love the morning i went and i tried to chop some wood and tried to do the same thing and and when rocky mayur and i was standing and having our chai and there was this old woman oh yeah i was wondering if you remembered that and then and the amount of wood she was carrying i was like dude and one of you went and like said amma can i like you know because she could understand a language but she figured that we want to see how heavy it is what was it like mayo you you tried that it was heavy it was like it was about 40 45 maybe 50 kilos of wood and this was a wizened old lady she must i mean she looked like she was about 80 years old and but i thought she wasn't that old but yeah they look because the, yeah. the face is lined it has and that and it wasn't the only load she actually walked up that hill yeah, and exactly. then it off and then she was coming back for another load back for more yeah that altitude and that cold and at that advanced stage i mean she was older than us of course we would that i mean that's a reflection of how actually healthy people also are in in life here because they have active lifestyles there you, you don't just get in and get in your car and drive to uh, uh, pick up your rations or your provisions here you grow yes. them you work for them you tend to them you have a healthy life here an active life and that's why they for however long they live they're fairly healthy here. Well, yeah, i mean it is it's a very hard life and of course you know they sort of you have to remember they they get a lot of their food from the forest so while they are growing their basic you know staples and they are getting in things like rice and you know um, maida and they're getting in uh, atta and you know basic sugar and stuff like that most of the other stuff is grown or harvested from the forest and that's why these tribes are so important for the forest because they help they help the forest you know as as opposed to what people think that they are destroying forests they're not the forest has been used to these tribes living there since time immemorial and they really help so when they go and harvest honey they don't just break the hive and destroy it they only take like half 
and they make sure they leave the queen in there so she can multiply, you know, she can, the hive can grow and they have very, very healthy forest practices. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I hung out at a place called Eagle's Nest. I don't know if any of you guys have been there, but Eagle's Nest is just one of the most incredible, remote and beautiful areas of the world right now. I mean, there is, you know, there's over 100 species of uh, insects that have been discovered over there. There's a bird that was discovered in the 21st century. It's called the Bugun Leo Chikler. I think it was first discovered in 95 and then rediscovered in 2005. You know, there's a deer. You have animals like the mythical golden cat, the, you know, the, the clouded leopard. You have the marbled cat. These are incredible things. You know, parrot bills, six species of parrot bills. These are such remote names that people haven't even heard of these things here. People don't even know that these birds actually exist. You have broad bills. And I think now because of the lockdown and no traffic, we've started seeing hornbills in South Delhi in you know, our colony. And if you go around, hornbill bird I'm sure there's a good time for species and you know, the flora and fauna to multiply in places which it has been completely destroyed by urban living and traffic. Oh, no, no. Listen, Delhi is, Delhi is an incredible birding city. It's like one of the, one, I think it's number two in terms of the number of bird species found in any city in the world. And you will find hornbills are a staple. I mean, they're everywhere. Mayur and I, I've shown them to Mayur so many times in outside your house, Niku. And in, uh, uh, where, where do you stay? The place is called what? Uh, we can't tell people they might want to go there and murder him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Annoyed enough people. Don't tell people where he lives. <laughs> Well, Mayu stays in a beautiful place where you get some really exotic birds in Goa. But even in Delhi, we've seen some, I've seen some incredible birds with Mayur. I mean, we saw yellow-footed green pigeons the other day. We saw chestnut-headed barbets. We saw yellow-footed green pigeons. We saw uh, coppersmith barbets. We saw hornbills, grey hornbills. And this is just one. So if you look out of your windows right now, if you look out at trees, and this is spring in India, whatever passes off as spring. So flowering and fruiting trees will be full of different species of birds and you'll be amazed at how many birds that you can see there. You know, little white eyes you see all the time, purple sunbirds, red-vented bulbuls, red-whiskered bulbuls, kites. These are everywhere. Parakeet, rose-ring parakeet, plum-headed parakeet. I mean, I could go on, but I'll stop now. Yeah, Nico, go ahead. In, in the spirit of disclosure, Rocky and I have been friends for 44 years and of that, I think 35 of those years, he's been trying to point out birds to me, no matter where we've gone. And the only one that I remember is the red-headed, blue-breasted tit. So every time he says, what does that bird sound like? I'm like, red-headed, blue-breasted tit. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the only name you remember because the name you've made up, there is nothing like that ever. <laughs> no, that's one day so, they will find it in Arunachal Pradesh and then you will see. <laughs> that, you, that you were a visionary all along. So in fact, today there was an earthquake in, in Delhi and uh, there was some fake news going around. The earthquake isn't predicted. I said, like, what a time for fake news to come true. Anyway, we will, from Derang, which, uh, from Thembang, which is a fantastic experience, and I will always, for me, the drive to Arunachal and beyond will always be one of the most special ones. It's a phenomenal drive. I highly recommend you do that. We will be going to Derang, which doesn't have much. But before we do that, I have a couple of emails to read. We've got lots of emails and lots of you have shared your experiences. So I'll try to fit as many of them as possible in case I can't fit all. I apologize, but I assure you we've read them. And thank you. Thank you for being a part of this journey. And hopefully once all this is over, we'll have Rocky and Muir back on the road again. And you guys will be a part of that adventure. So this is from Archit. Hi all, I have been a huge fan of the show, almost as big as Rocky's belly. I haven't missed a single episode. The podcast is fantastic. I like how you're balancing the behind the scenes trivia with virtual audio tours of the places the crew visited during the show. 
Homp has had a huge influence on me as a teenager. I couldn't think of a more perfect job than hosting such a show. But as I blossomed into an adult, I realized the kind of practical challenges one must come with hosting such a show. On that note, I have a few boring yet practical questions for Rocky and Muir. A, what did you guys eat to improve digestion? Hajmola, Trifala, Kayamchuran. How often do you get a catch in the stomach? How did you deal with the negative short-term and long-term health effects of eating so much in such a short span of time? Do you ever feel like I don't want to do this? Did you exercise while traveling? If yes, how? Did you fast for long periods between two destinations to let your digestion recover? Basically, how did you manage to have the guts, literally speaking, to do this? Archit, some of these questions Rocky and me will take, but to get all the questions, you're going to have to join our lives, which we do often. We'll, we didn't do live just yesterday. We'll be doing more in the coming weeks. But Rocks, may you take a few of those questions? I, I just wanted to say one thing. Could you repeat the question, please? <laughs> that was a lot of questions, man. <laughs> Look, our digestion is excellent, but our memory is terrible. What? So you have to ask us one question at a time and we can answer it. But okay, I, I remember some and I'll tell you. What do we eat to improve the digestion? A lot. So, you know, you keep that circle going in and out and keep the keep the circle spinning and you're fine. Did we eat anything extra to improve digestion? No, we didn't eat anything extra. How many times did you get sick? I got sick once, really sick and sort of sick another time. So twice, my stomach went off twice. But in addition to that, I've been bitten by a snake once. I've broken my ankle once. I've broken my wrist once. We'll, we'll show you photographs of those. In fact, today when I was sorting the photographs, the Mizoram photographs, I was sorting Mizoram to Meghalaya. And there was one episode which Rocky is on a, on a wheelchair and Mayur is wheeling him around. It's like, it's, yeah, that, we'll, we'll show, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you about that when we get to Mizoram and Meghalaya. Yeah, so, so it's, it's been tough. Uh, nutrition, forget it, man. The more, the merrier. Indian food is by and large healthy. Uh, do we exercise? Yes. We used to chase each other up and down the road, especially Abhinandan and I, because I was about 105 kilos and Abhinandan is about 70 and he's very fit. So he used to keep challenging me to catch him. So I used to go off sprinting down the road behind him many times. And I even caught him once or twice. I, I think once I caught him. In fact, I remember there was one time when we said we were walking, I said, can race to the road. And I said, Rocky, chal, I'll catch up with you. So I let him take a head start. And then as I started sprinting, A, I underestimated him for his size. He's quite quick also because he used to be a player <laughs> at, at a state level. And I think he also went for an India camp. And then he just suddenly, as I was about to catch up with him, he just stretched his arm. And I was like, boom! <laughs> I was out on the road. I was like, cheating, cheating, Kizne, cheating. But uh, yeah, no, I, although I don't know if you felt very ill. I, I think there was a, I remember you broke your ankle and I remember the snake bite. But uh, there was never a point where anyone felt so sick that we had to discontinue the shoot. That, that much I remember. Most people would have stopped. Most people would have stopped shooting under those circumstances. But I think we carried on yeah, irrespective of what was happening. I think Mayur was almost dead a few times when you were shooting there. I, I remember him having 104 fever is what I remember. Mayur, you remember any of your challenges? I, I can remember many uh, incidents where, where my stomach went for a toss. My stomach is not as uh, strong as Rocky's. Uh, in fact, we had many adventures where a crew of nine people waited while I went and dealt with those adventures. Multiple highways, multiple, uh, multiple times. But the one time I remember… <laughs> That's my tagline and I'm keeping to it. But yeah, you're right. We, we soldiered through, through pretty much everything. I mean, one way of looking at it is that, uh, that we were very… We are very hardworking boys and we say, once we've started, we won't stop. The second thing was, there was a director and a producer at the back saying, we were like, ask… Yeah, we guys had, I mean, there were times that we, we've had some insane schedules and then we've had some, you know, some good evenings as well. I remember when we were uh, in the hills somewhere, it wasn't a very major hill station, Rocky, but we were staying at this 
old heritage type haveli which was in the middle of some forest and that we finished the shoot really early which was supposed to be haunted by the way and we sat in the lawn and had a drink under beautiful uh, uh, a sky full of stars but we'll get to that that was in a, i think a himachal schedule uh, but thanks arshit for writing to us uh, you shall be included in the newsletter and thank you for sharing your thoughts and this other one is from arshdeep sidhu dear team homp i confess at the outset i have not watched a single episode of five on my plate oh. i don't watch tv but i'm very familiar with the show as everyone around me used to rave about it i have now and then watched a few videos on youtube mostly for practical information either when i was visiting some place or when i was moving to mangalore a few months ago from those snippets it is easy to gather why the show was so loved i enjoy listening to all news laundry podcasts and this new edition is no exception i'm not a foodie but i love traveling given my lack of fondness for food i'm not sure if i fit into your plan of community i may actually fit into your anti community as i am one who carries packed meals when traveling so my visits are not perturbed by meal breaks <laughs> in regards of to episode 2 about the show element and behind the scenes for shooting in punjab i agree with you that the golden temple is quite a unique place i'm not a, i'm not religious but i like experiencing religious places for their ambiance which is created by the devotees and how the place is managed sometimes to observe someone being moved by their beliefs beliefs can be a very moving experience of all the religious places i've seen the golden temple is distinct because of the element of seva that is there and the fact that it is accessed by descending a flight of stairs rather than the other way around my second favorite is the church of holy sepulcher in jerusalem on comparing the two and many more i'm inclined to conclude that in almost all religious places the devotees just go for themselves their wishes their prayers and the devotion sorry in all other religious places in the golden temple and many other gurudwaras individual prayers are followed by community service and universal access to langar without any riders it is a beautiful concept to build harmony of course other religions also preach community service but that is almost always beyond the presence of the religious place and proselytizing it in construct and yes the kada prasad is absolutely delicious i have an unfortunate predilection of going on and on with theses and antithesis please do include me in your newsletter a regular listener and subscriber ashri ye ladka english to bahut achhi bole maybe that's why i didn't watch i on my plate but listen we spoke bits of english good english I'm not a foodie, but I love traveling. And when you're traveling with friends, it's always fantastic. So I think travel makes up for my just disinterest in food. Well, here's uh, I I just want to add over here. You know, it's travel is an in you know it's all about the journey, not really about the destination. And that includes being open to influences and being able to take on culture. So when you travel, if you're just getting from point A to point B, packing a meal, carrying a bottle of water, stopping by in some comfortable air-conditioned place. you're making a mistake as far as i'm concerned our country has such beautiful cultures you know yes i understand we are very commercial and a lot of places are dirty but that's not everywhere just look around a little bit there are some really well loved places out there and the only way to experience the true food of india is to get out there and see it and there are some remarkable things that exist you know in india they're not just you know they might not be tourist attractions but there are beautiful natural wonders there are some really wonderful historical areas every place is worth stopping and spending days at let alone hours so if you intersperse your travel with a little bit of exposure to the real outside world i mean rajasthan is mind boggling to travel in you know uttar pradesh has all the history in the world punjab has some magnificent history even though it's very very rarely known himachal has beautiful natural scenery bihar has some of the most spectacular vistas of forests and rivers you know bengal has incredible people culture every state has something unique and i've just gone across from the west to the east up in the north if you get down to kerala i mean i can't even begin telling you how incredible the food is or karnataka 
the variety of dosas itself will take you a year to even put down you know tamil nadu the the spices the way the food is conducted the prayers in the evening at temples the you know the the little you know the the, the women wear Uh, these beautiful flowers in their hair every evening in their sarees and they come out and that smell is everywhere so there's just some beautiful places to really experience this country just so get out of your little bubble honestly and and experience it because it is spectacular you love it and not right now stay indoors but later when everything is good so stay indoors right now but uh, mayur uh, tell us about dirang i remember it was a really beautiful hotel we were staying in which is overlooking this river but that was it there was nothing else i mean even the petrol pump never opened in that town man like what was that and we went for a walk shopping in that little for five with dried fish and pata nahi kya kya in fact that's the bit i remember the most from there is that we we'd gone and this was this was low down now we'd come down from tembag and, and we were there and there was that like one shop open in the place and we walked and it was like being punched in the head they had all this dried fish which either came from the rivers there or or is probably dried and brought in from uh, further west from assam and and we had all those little little cute little kids from the village they were all hanging out there and then rocky picked up that and then rocky was pretending to chase me and the kids with that with the smelly fish so we would come up to him and then he chased us and we, all of us would like run away i i remember that that was the most fun i had in a long time then and there's a place called dirang it has a really beautiful hotel where we were the only guests when we were there i, I don't know how much traffic it gets it overlooks this river it's a beautiful view and it's uncluttered and clean because again not many people get there but there the problem is and one problem that is there in the northeastern part of the country is the corruption there is huge not there but even the centers allocation the special funds that are supposedly to go to make to develop it never quite go there so even can you imagine we were i think in dirang going up and coming down we i mean we crossed it two or three times that petrol pump was never open and you have to refill gas So there was a dhaba there where we ate at in Rockin. We will tell you what they ate there. I I think it was just Maggi anda kind of thing or paratha. But that dhaba would sell you petrol in cans. But the petrol pump was never open to buy petrol. So you were getting sarkari petrol pump ka petrol in black at dhabas. But the <laughs> petrol pumps are closed. And this is one big problem there. The the level of siphoning of funds meant for the development of that place never quite you know get there. but well, it's a good thing they're self reliant in many many ways on their food and drink because it would be tragic if that were to happen in the food and and, and drink i mean there's not a political podcast but one of the reasons for the kind of unrest there is that you know for the last 50 60 years development hasn't reached there and that that's why anyway but let's not go there so what was the dhaba like in dirang and the hotel did we eat at the hotel i don't even remember rocks absolutely we we wanted to get fuel and since you know they had 1 liter bottles of petrol and we needed to get petrol for the cars so we needed about you know 50 bottles and that was going to take them an hour to get so we decided to eat so in front there's a small room you can get basic dal sabzi you know atta rotis and parathas and in the back there is a sitting area which is just spectacular because the entire road has a river on either on the left or right depending on which side of the river you're on uh, and in this case it was on the left and it was way down and i remember there were these incredible flowering lavender trees all along on the left side and a beautiful river running below thick green forest lots of birds and they were giving us really hot sweetened tea and parathas and what can be better than that i mean mayur oh, yeah, remember that i remember teas and parathas i remember that oh, but we did incredible. we did some sequence i don't know which show this was for we did something at that dhaba with the with the river at the back right and we it, had it was a, called yeah it was called the padma dhaba and we shot it on highway on my plate oh, we did we shot it on highway on my plate we did because there was nothing else there i mean we had parathas and some sort of 
with a lot of makhan and there was some sabzi which i don't remember it was like some green you know sort of tasty sabzi there was masala noodles and uh, we had scrambled eggs we had uh, you know with scrambled eggs had lots of turmeric and chili if you remember nico you couldn't believe how tasty it was with just some haldi and namak and green chilies i have thodi thodi meri yaddash wapas aa rahi hai but that place was just lovely because you know we i mean we were sitting there listening to music this cool breeze blowing river running below lots of birds and animals all around there's always mist if, for some reason in arunachal after 12 pm between 12 pm and 3 pm is the only time you'll get where you'll have some sun and no fog or mist apart from that most of the year around there's clouds everywhere it is romantic yeah it's it's like really beautiful sadly i only had nico and mayo to share it with obviously you lucky dog you but <laughs> you know but uh, the surprising lack of any bird sounds in meghalaya and nagaland i remember disturbed us all but it is a forest hai subah delhi mein bird sunai deti hai yahan nahi sunai deti and i i you know cuz a part of the staple diet but we'll talk about this amazing market you went to that was nagaland right with the frogs and the eels and the rabbits yeah, and that was a naga naga bazaar right on top of uh, uh, what not dimapur but that was this was koima koima about koima but and there were wasp eggs and wasp larvae which are very good and these caterpillars and stuff which they make chutney of which is good for rheumatic arthritis but we'll get to that when we get there so uh, so that was all that was there actually in in dirang now mayur will take us to tawang because mayur is a practicing buddhist and one thing that was constant on our journey like there was music we used to have these turns that everyone gets a song because you imagine i mean if you guys are getting angry sitting in a room for like fourth week of lockdown imagine over 7 years about 200 days of the year with four guys in a car for like anything between 8 to 15 to 16 hours in a day so after conversations would go we had to sing you know we got a song in turns of course these guys never liked my songs because i would get obscure songs that no one's heard of but my trick was i'm very fond of qawwali so rocky and mayura more the rock and roll generation they'd have like either led zeppelin or def leppard or even deep purple or whatever else rocky you know mayura had a lot of country music playing so their songs are typically 3 to 6 minutes long and my qawwalis were between 11 to 24 minutes long so after two times of this trick there's a you don't get a turn you get a turn every third day <laughs> listen you're a liar nikus favorite song in the whole world is a mithun chakravarti song that starts with chade gaya upar re adariya pe lotan ka utar re gutar 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 and i've heard this song five times in every state of india it was coming out of my ears i wanted to kill myself <laughs> and uh, but we consumed so many podcasts and in fact i i can say that news laundry is i guess partly an outcome of 7 8 years of journeys with these two guys they aren't all fun and games they have very strong and informed political opinions as well which they don't necessarily articulate all the time and we keep saying that tu bolta rehta hai kuch karna chahiye karna chahiye and then finally news laundry was born in 2011 but we must have consumed uh, other than the thousands of hours of music we consumed thousands and thousands of hours of podcasts right from economic podcast to every ted talk there was those days ted talks were not as fashionable as they are now and then you know npr podcasts podcasts of uh, psychology science because when you have that much time in a car after a while even music is not enough so uh, so yeah so coming to other than the constant of music and food a constant was mayur's chanting he chants i think every morning or evening and so every now and then we had to all keep quiet Uh, in the morning when he'd get up, of course, it was before we the car. But sometimes he'd want to chant in the car. 
So Tawang was magical, spectacular visually, uh, and the boys went inside and uh, four o'clock they had the chanting and the breakfast with the monks. So tell us about that, Mayor. What what was that all about? Yeah, but but Mayor, Mayor, isn't your chanting like Namyor yeah, it's, it's a Japanese school of Buddhism. This uh, the Tawang Monastery is is something called the Gelug School of Mahayana Buddhism. It's a super impressive place. The largest monastery in India, the second largest monastery in the world after the Potala Palace. And just beautiful, unspoiled, because it, it is very, very remote. You guys remember when we were driving up there, it, was, it had just finished snowing. And before we got to the Sela Pass also, there were all these beautiful, large bodies of water to the left of the highway. And a lot of them already started to freeze over and there were still chunks of ice, ice and water. And even when we, when we drove in, it was like, just starting to snow when we drove in in the evening and the next morning we had to wake up and shoot at 4 o'clock. Yeah. And inside yeah. the main hall of the monastery was like colors like you wouldn't believe, beautiful. You know, the most incredible thing about Buddhist monasteries is that they welcome you in there. They want you to come in and sit down and be part of the prayers and the ceremony and just relaxing and they have no secrets. As opposed to temples and uh, mosques, uh, you know, uh, they don't let you in. And, and they have, you know, they don't let your cameras in. You can't take photographs. I don't know what the secret is. There's really nothing going on in there. And, you know, God certainly isn't visible. So uh, I don't know what the problem is. But anyway, the monasteries are fantastic. In fact, one of the most unpleasant fights I had was at um, in Orissa at the Jagannath Puri temple with one of the pandas there who was trying to uh, just be obnoxious and ate her money. And there's nothing that annoys me more than religion being used to kind of bully me around. But yeah, we'll talk about that in Negative Odisha and the Jagannath Puri temple. Yeah, but in, in Jagannath Puri, your um, non-Hindus are not allowed into most of the temples. That's something that is written up in boards and it's present over there. And whether you like it or not, that's the way it is. And before any of you start arguing about it, you can go there and see. It's, it's very open. It's not a secret. But uh, but you know what I Mayur, you know what I like best about Buddhism? It always reminds me of pizza parlors, yeah. Because in both places I walk in and I say, Can you make me one with everything? <laughs> <laughs> And another really nice thing about Buddhism is you won't have 500 Buddhists who if they've been listening to say, Ghar Jalado, you are fighting against our religion. You'll probably just get a laugh. No, well, I don't think so. Let's I, go I, back to that morning. Yes, All but right. I disagree. Just, just want to quickly, but I had an unpleasant uh, experience. You remember Mayur at Sri Lanka, the uh, temple of the tooth at Kandy. I think wherever people are in majority, they become obnoxious. It doesn't matter which religion it is. In some cases, it's more likely. In some cases, it's less. But it will happen. Like, oh Bohan yeah? Happens. Are you saying Buddhists are violent? <laughs> okay. I will rip off your arms. But <laughs> Listen, but, but bottom line is, you know, with all religious places, they all have free home delivery. <laughs> <laughs> but tell me, Mayur, what time did we start? I'll describe that short later, which we described yesterday. But I, I want that you guys did the chanting and you had that tea which they have while chanting. What is that? And then we ate in the kitchen of the monastery. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, so, so I remember we drove in late evening into Tawang. It had started snowing. Just the first flurries were coming down. And we went into this hotel. I remember everybody was tired, dealing with the altitude. Everybody was really cold. So we had an early dinner and everybody went to bed. And next morning, we woke up at 4 a.m. Because we wanted to go and see the morning, uh, or maybe even earlier, 3, 3.30 a.m. Because we wanted to see the morning ceremony where the, where, where the, where the monks come in. And they had their morning prayer, all of them. Yeah, the ceremony started probably had to be there before four. Yeah, yeah. And then because they have to have their morning prayers and then they will go in for, for breakfast. And, and I remember waking up and how cold it was on that walk to the monastery. 
Yeah, you also you also have to remember that you know in the northeast and Arunachal is extreme east of the country. The difference between Delhi and northeast Arunachal time zone is at least an hour, hour and a half. More, so, yeah, yeah. You know, dark the, early. Yeah, the sun would start coming up at about five thirty in the morning, and it would be sunset by four o'clock. So we were like really confused and lost most of the time. But uh, anyway, that is the deal. But I remember sitting up early in the morning, setting up the camera. and there was a huge courtyard which was covered with fresh snow without a single footprint on it you remember that niku what a shot that was it and then one monk comes and then there's one set of footprints and they in their gonchas which are maroon in color burgundy i think is the correct color i'm not sure and then the boys went in and while they're chanting and they have there because you know it is they've been on empty stomach for a while they have this hot tea which they have while they're chanting uh, in in little breaks i guess and there these little monks as well who are monks in training from the shooting point of view it was one of the most wonderful shoots that uh, i remember on our, on our trip they had this huge kitchen and there was this really fat chef who was making these rotis that they they called i think they were called kiptong kiptong was like a you know they were like a it's like a soft tandoori roti made of maida and they made the rotis and they were cooking them in a fresh oven and just throwing them out into these big piles there and they had some sabzi bhai you remember what the sabzi was i don't remember it was a it was a cabbage sabzi it was patta gobi that they they done again with very ba- very basic ginger i think there was some ginger garlic salt chili and that was it quite spicy and then the kiptongs were also being used as a plate so when the monks did come and even when we ate if you remember they just ladled out a bunch of that cabbage straight onto the kiptong and you used it as a plate and to eat okay yeah in fact i said sabzi pa and the guy said oh How do you know the name of the sabzi? And I was like, "What is it called?" He said, "It's called pa." So I said, oh, in, "In Punjabi, it means put sabzi." So I said, "Sabzi pa." So he said, "Ah, oh, very clever. And the same name." So Buddhists are easily impressed, and I'm quite happy about it. <laughs> Niku, do you remember the saga of Baba Rocky's frostbite singji? Frostbite. Oh, एक तो we have to carry a pedicure. These start tantrums, ना कि हमें hair makeup और pedicure भी चाहिए because we weren't expecting snow. In fact, it was a very late snow. We were there in March, almost going to April, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And uh, and we we didn't have like shoes for snow and all, and the, it snowed a lot. So there was snow enough to come to your ankles when we were walking through. And of course, everything got wet. And Rocky was saying, "Yeah, but the frostbite was heavy." Like, "Jaldi se short lo, jaldi se short lo, jaldi se short lo." But I'm going to read a couple other mails. uh after we come out mayur will tell us about the chai made of ditch water that we had oh lovely the the journey back from there which was which was the challenge but uh, first this email comes to us from saurabh acharya saurabh says i write to thank you for giving us fantastic food shows and now the podcast homp along with rocky mayur travel food shows to me was a constant companion through school and college and later a go to resource for my own food trails while traveling as a bong from delhi settled in bengaluru I'm happy you've covered two out of three states close to my heart in the first two podcasts. Let me point to some future inclusions you could explore: Bangalore Savory at Mosque Road, Lehe Meshwi and Ran Biryani, Albert Bakery, Mosque Road, Lava Cake and Mutton Samosa. It was established in 1902, apparently. In Kolkata, he recommends the Mughlai Parota dish, keema stuffed with fried fried egg parota. In Ganguram at Elgin Road, variety of sandesh, established in 1885. Wow. The Blue Poppy, Sikkim House, Kamak Street. Momos and Tibetan food, and in Delhi, Al Nawaz, Jasola, Kima Naan, and Anmol Chicken, and Sabki Khater, Lodi Road, Kapuri Kebabs. Hope to see the show streaming again soon. May I please suggest this time doing deep dive in specific parts of the city and exploring pockets, say Mughlai at Old Delhi, Tibetan at Manju, Majnu Katila, or a Delhi Kebab Trail. 
I'm sure the ones like me that want to eat, not just watch, would be able to not only connect, but also explore some of these trails. Some YouTubers have tried capturing the food hotspots without much impact. I'm sure with Rokkamur, Abhinandan and team would add up to a very appealing format. Thanks, Saurabh. Thanks so much. Uh, yes, you'll be part of the newsletter. Do keep the mails coming in and tell us recommendations that you think we should explore when we get Rocky and Muir on the road again eating and we want to build this community. Mail us at homp2020 at gmail.com. I repeat, homp2020 at gmail.com. Share your experiences with us. And if you go to our podcast page where this podcast is put on the News Laundry site, at the bottom there's a link. You click on the link, you can automatically subscribe to our newsletter. So, Mayur, tell us about the tea made of dishwater. Yeah. So, we're now going to mess around a little bit with the order because the tea came with dishwater came when we were actually going up. We forgot about it when we were trying to reach there. But correct me on the details. We basically, we'd been dri driving for a long time. And when we always travel with lots of snacks in the car and each of us had our preferences for it, the poor production guy would go mad trying to make sure that he had everything for everybody, including Niku's Britannia cakes. But we'd run out of snacks. It was a long drive. And we stopped. Finally, we saw this little shack with like this wooden bench outside and a couple of dogs. And we stopped there and we said, what is there to eat? And they had some fried, I don't remember what it was, something fried and said, we'll give you some tea, but we don't have any milk. So we just give you tea without milk. And, and we sat down to wait and there were people outside and we got the tea and it was really nice. It had like a, she was putting some herbs and spices in it. It was, had that lemony taste, very sweet because people love their tea sweet and hot out there. And we had that and we, and, and we asked the lady, we said, you know, can we get some more tea? And she's like, oh yeah, no problem. I just got to go get the water and then I'll come back with uh, and make some tea. We said, okay. And then we stepped out and we saw this lady go and there was that, that little hole in the ground right by the dhaba with a plank and a mangy dog lying right there. And she removes the plank. She just moves the scum from the water. She puts the kettle in. She brings that whole uh, kettle out dripping with that water. She turns around. She sees me and Rocky standing there, our jaws on the floor. We're like, what's that for? In high piping, eleven-year-old schoolboy voice, she's like, "What's that for?" And 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 she said, "Cha." And we <laughs> and I remember Rocky goes, "If the first one don't kill us, this one won't. We'll peel it. Yeah, we'll see what will We drank it. But that water was scary, man. No, she. In fact, you know, we. Uh, I'll I'll just correct it a little bit. This hole, this was like a three-foot deep hole by the side of the road, which was covered by a wooden wooden sort of plank shutter. And as she pulled the wooden plank out, there was a mangy dog with a full of mange. All his hair had fallen off and his skin was like peeling. That was lying in the water to cool itself. Oh, was the and dog it, in the water? Oh. It jumped out of the water and ran. And uh, when we looked in and then she put the mug into the same water and she brought it in to boil it. And it was one of the most horrifying moments of my life. But, you know, <laughs> then she was boiling it for a good 20 minutes. So I was like, listen. The first cup is already down here. Yeah, what's the point of worrying about the second one? So we decided to go ahead and have the second one also. This is from Kalyan Lahakar. Hey, home team. This is Kalyan from Guwahati. I watched the highway on a plate during my school days and watched reruns in college. I think Rock and Muir have the most, have jobs to envy. I listened to episode three where we were discussing Bengal and the fish tanks in the suburbans and Abhinandan talked about similar tanks and ponds with fish in Assam. Abhinandan wondered how the fish came into those ponds. I'd like to inform you that these tanks are filled with fish during the flood season. And when it subsides, the fish lay eggs and they grow and some go away during the next flood season. I'm thoroughly enjoying the episodes. Keep them coming. Thanks, Kalyan. Since you are from Guwahati, please write and tell us if Paradise still exists. The restaurant that was one of my favorite meals on all my journeys. Uh, is it still as good? 
And uh, are there any more places that you think we should explore when we get out on the road again? And this mail is from Prabjot. Hi guys, love the show and it could be even better if you add links to places you discuss. It's hard work for audience to listen and make notes at the same time. We'll consolidate a lot of what we've spoken about and put it in some bigger newsletters that we'll send to all the people who are part of this community. And when we're ready, we will use that as suggestions that come in also to actually head out again. Yeah, and yeah, but I just don't know, jump in over here and say, guys, we have two books. They are called Highway on My Plate. They're on Flipkart, they're on Amazon. They'll be in your big bookshops in your towns. They are incredible books and they have the address the telephone number, the details, what we ate, what you should eat, what is recommended, everything of every single place we ever stopped at in Highway on My Plate. There are two books, book one and book two, and therefore under 300 rupees each. So if you get those, you never have to make notes again. You just open it. Everything is state-wise. Fabulous. It'll sort of give you reference uh, references to the food that you need to eat. And I'm not just saying it to sell the books. We still uh, haven't got any money for them. We actually owe the <laughs> publishers money for having written the books somehow. We're very good at we're very good at writing books and making TV shows. We're not very good with money, so we still owe money to the publisher for writing these books. So please buy them, and they're they're actually a very useful resource if you're going to be on the road. And we'll get a third book out, guys. That'll be bigger, thicker, better, and updated. This mail is from Manali, Manali. not the place, but the lady's name is Manali. Hi guys, I've been following your shows for over a decade. I'm so glad you guys are back in this time of lockdown with a super fun podcast. I love the podcast, especially the Karnataka episode because it is so much more relatable now. I remember watching the Bangalore episode when I was in school and being excited about Vidyarthi Bhavan and Koshis. I moved to Bangalore for my first corporate job three years ago. And believe it or not, one of the first things I did in Bangalore was visit Vidyarthi Bhavan and try their dosas, vadas and coffee. It was quite an adventure because I was new to the city and I lived in Whitefield then. So two hours, three buses and an auto ride later, there I was oh, waiting for my turn outside Vidyarthi Bhavan. Listening to the podcast brought back those memories. Thank you so much. I love both the books. They are my Bible when I travel. Can't wait for the third one. Hey Manali, you, tumne, you beat us to it. Yeah. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you for being part of this journey. And let's get this journey going again. Big shout out to Manali. Big shout out. Yeah. Yay! Somebody who changes so many buses and, 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 and walks and, and gets there just because she's heard a place is good food. Respect. Yes. Listen, Manali, here's, here's the bottom line. And I, I completely respect what you're doing because the harder you work to actually get it to experience a taste, the longer you will remember it for. In fact, changing two buses and taking two hours to get there to eat the Vidyarthi Bhavan dosas means you will remember them for the rest of your life and you'll have a story to tell everyone. And that is the beauty of food, yeah. So guys, make an effort, get out there, have some fun. Once the lockdown is over, not now, right now, please respect the lockdown, stay at home. But once it's over, get out there, have some fun, man, enjoy yourself. Get out and make some stories of your own, like we are made of ours. And by the way, Mayur, why have you stopped here? I just want to ask you what, are you too big now? Are you too important? What's your problem? Why don't you just come with me on these highway journeys that I go on all the time? What's your problem? In Goa, we have the beach, we have the hills. We have cycling through back trails. You can go swimming in the river with crocodiles if you want. We have backwaters. We have a huge uh, uh, population of birds and stuff, as you know. We have fantastic food. I never want to leave. Okay, I you, will. I we'll, will. We'll, discuss, we'll discuss more about that when you get to Goa. Rimi says, hi guys, hope your team is safe and well. I was just listening to your recent podcast with Rocky and Muir and I love it. It would be lovely if you could share your newsletter. The News Laundry and Home teams rock. Keep creating amazing content. Thanks, Remy. Thank you so much, Remy. And finally, 
this person doesn't want to be named he says do not identify me by name i'm not sure why is the email address anonymous@gmail.com i am not at liberty to reveal because we take our listeners identity uh, secrets very seriously okay so I, why don't you read out the email and then we'll guess who it's from maybe <laughs> <laughs> prashant wrote please don't invite your name how evil and mean you guys are to start a podcast talk about the most delicious food in this country at a time when none of us can venture out and get a taste i must say it's extremely refreshing to hear all the banter and lively discussions on the podcast it keeps our spirits up during these lockdowns keep up the banter please include me in your newsletter homp has been my favorite show of all time even today when i go visit a city i search for homp recommendations it is often difficult to find older episodes it would be good if you guys could provide links well now we have a book you know that best wishes for future endeavors regards an active subscriber of newsland since 2017 fan of rocky mur since i don't know when hey thanks so much bro narendra modi i am guessing is narendra modi is it narendra modi <laughs> mitra nahi nahi mitra amit shah amit shah <laughs> has to be nitin gadkari if it's not one of those two come on I mean, he is the minister he is the minister of of highways yes. yeah i mean these guys travel so much they are the ones who benefit most by watching our shows and buying our books i'm sure they've got them already nikku come on disclose it it's one of these three isn't it i cannot say i am sorry okay fine don't say it <laughs> then jemin rajni writes could you please do a podcast predominantly dedicated to the irani cafes and parsi restaurants in and around bombay and pune payani sasanian durabji and sons yesdani stadium marzorin britannia and co military cafe excelsior ideal corner cooler kerstums well bon appetit germany from calcutta sorry jaimin from calcutta well i have one of the loveliest stories which we will tell you in a maharashtra episode from britannia and when i read that article about the old man dying it yeah. brought back memories and we have some fantastic photographs from there and finally tushar from bhatinda says punjab wala episode suna maza aa gaya janab mainu bhi shamil kar lo home party ch sadly bhatinda di koi speciality nahi hai je hai ta dasso tushar bhatinda di speciality ta tusi ho now um we will end with this journey back from tawang so just to lay the context it started snowing like mayur told you the evening before we were supposed to shoot at tawang it snowed through the night by the time we got there there was this thin layer of snow by the time we finished it was a thick layer of snow and then when we had to head back and we got to sela pass which is i think 15 and 1000 feet that is a pass that comes in and goes out uh, that's no it, it, it's 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 a little over 4000 meters so you're looking at about 13 13 and a half thousand feet no 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 it's about 15000 15000 odd feet here. i remember yeah, that wahan humne kiya tha 15000 pe is to camera and there was a line of vehicles about 200 to 300 vehicles and the snow had blocked off the highway and i shat not literally that mayur must have been doing somewhere in the snow <laughs> i was like if we get stuck here cuz someone said that if it, you know the snow doesn't stop and they can't clear it you may be stuck here for a couple of days maybe a week unless the army comes and clears the road and first you you know doing snowball fights and stuff the photographs will be there in the newsletter then you know i started getting a little concerned and then rocky arrived the indian army and the great thing about the indian army arriving is they come in convoys so the convoy had a snow clearer in front there's like a bulldozer it's like a snow clearer they throws the snow to one side and there in the back they had these huge tent and trucks with chain mail around the wheels and the chains are used to break the ice on the roads the dangerous part about driving in snow is that under the snow there is ice on the road and as cars go over they make a slush 
So when you drive in that slush, it's like driving on ice. You know, just your car skid all over the place. But this chain breaks the ice and gets to the ground and sort of digs up the road a little bit. But it makes it possible for your car to get traction. So as the trucks went, the guys who managed, who took a little bit of a risk, went right behind them. And we managed to get out on the other side of the pass, which was such a relief because, you know, and, and the pass is the highest point. So going up to the pass is a challenge. Going through the pass is a challenge. Coming down immediately is a challenge. But once you're down, you're safe. So we were safe, but you know we we still did stop there, Nico. I don't know if you remember, but there was a there was a Muslim uh, gentleman from the army who wanted to give thanks at the uh, Shiv Temple, which is right on top of Sela Pass. Yes. And his whole family was there, and you know this is the beauty of India. There was this gentleman was a Muslim. I don't remember from where, but his whole family was there at the Shiv Temple, and they were doing a prayer, and the and the Panditji over there was doing a special prayer for about 20, 30 of them. I think he wanted to have a child and he wasn't able to have one. And then because of his prayer at the Sela Pass, at the Shiv Temple, he managed to have a baby. And that's why they were there to say thank you. And that to me encompasses everything beautiful about this country. I mean, they, a, a beautiful temple, Sela Pass snowed in, the army helping people out, you know, a Panditji doing prayers at 15,000, 16,000 feet. And just us having a blast and just looking at how beautiful the country is here. And that is the reason why this country is so beautiful. And, if, and that is the only reason why I had to stay that beautiful, because we are one. And, and, if, and if anybody tries to change that, you should step in and stop it, guys, because that is the most beautiful part about our country. Wow, wow, wow. I, I just want to say one thing to you guys after this, uh, this impassioned thing, very beautiful, that I've just confirmed Sela Pass is at 13,700 feet. So if you guys were at 15,000 feet there, you must have been really high. <laughs> <laughs> so, because so, I was at 13,700 feet. But we were, standing, we were standing on the shoulders of giants like you, Mayur. That's why I felt a little higher. Because you are the wind beneath my wings, if you know what I mean, considering all those journeys with lots of toxic gases in the car. But that was our journey to Arunachal. We will come back with the next episode. We will take you to Kerala, the God's own country. It was a magical one. Lots of very, very fun stories from there. Join us for that again. Subscribe to the newsletter. You can subscribe to the newsletter. If you are listening to this podcast from the News Laundry website, on the page at the bottom, there's a link. You can click on the link and you will get an automatic subscription form. If you are not, just write to homp2020 at gmail.com. And be a part of the community that we are creating to make sure that we guys we get these guys back on the road when this lockdown is behind us. And this podcast is available on any podcast platform you're on. So check it out on Stitcher, CastBox or wherever else. So we will leave you, but not before the food court is served to you. Do you boys want to go first? Or I will ask you to Please, please. So, when we got in a hurry to a pass called Sela, nature's fury said, not so fast and served us a kela. <laughs> but, but the army showed up always ready for the country and our sake and taught us when life gives you kela, make a banana shake. With the little monks, we had snowball fights as they ran into the giant hall. Remember, enjoy the little things of life if you really want to have a ball. To get to Sela Pass, we fortified ourselves with some churpi. If you ever get hungry in Arunachal Pradesh, all you have to do is step into the forest and take your churpi. Happy foraging! We'll also be starting a poetry podcast sometime soon. But until then, <laughs> listen to Highway on my podcast. We will be taking one state at a time. After that, we'll go into Sri Lanka, Malaysia, Singapore and all the other places where we shot food shows 
Thank you, boys. Sleep well. Stay safe. Thank you. Thanks all of you for writing in. Yeah, big hugs to everyone. Lots of love. Keep smiling. Keep loving everybody around you. Stay home. Stay safe. And help those who you can. No one should starve in your city, guys. I'm sure there are organizations who are working to make sure food gets to people who don't have any. Contribute so that others can also get to eat in these rather bleak times. Good night. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 